Good morning, brothers and sisters from Metamore Mennonite Church. It's good to be with you. Grace and peace to you from our Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, may it be that through our worship today that you would be reminded that God is for you, that Jesus is with you, and that the Holy Spirit dwells in you. And um, in case you missed us uh, last week, it was the beginning, you know, at the beginning of 2021 here in this new year. It's 17 days old already. Uh, we're, but we're in this, uh, uh, <coughs> excuse me, epiphany season and this will lead us up to our Lenten journey which begins in the middle of March um, so but in this time we'll be camped out in these um, these psalms that we find in the middle of our text the middle of the Bible um, and what better way to start the, the beginning of this year um, by camping out and to to pause to meditate and to reflect upon these these psalms these prayers that are are given to us and so today uh, is Sunday, January twenty, January seventeenth, which means tomorrow is January eighteenth. It's the third Monday of the month, and this brings us uh, Martin Luther King Jr. Uh, his day. Um, King's birthday is January fifteenth, a couple days ago, but we always observe it on the third third month Monday of the new year, and it's a federal holiday, so many folks will have the day off, including teachers and um, yeah, just a lot of workers off tomorrow. Uh, so as I was thinking about uh, tomorrow and the celebration of Martin Luther King, and uh, I just began to wonder, to begin to wonder about some things. I wonder uh, about Martin Luther King. Uh, I wonder about his message, his messages, uh, his impact, uh, his prophetic voice um, that, he, that he had. And I began to wonder, if King were physically alive today, what would his 92-year-old self um, have to say about the state of things in the United States? What words might he offer to us in the here and now? Uh, what would be his call to, uh, to us? What, what would he call us towards? Um, how, how would he respond to all that is? Would he be, would he be pleased uh, with the slow and steady progress over the years? Would he be disappointed at that same slow and steady progress. Um, just my, how he have responded uh, to the murder of uh, George Floyd, Ahmaud Arbery, and Breonna Taylor, just to name a few. How might King uh, respond to the, um, to the violence of the day, most recently seen on January 6th uh, at the Capitol? Um, in his book, Where Do We Go From Here? Chaos or Community? Martin Luther King wrote the following. In the days ahead, we must not consider it unpatriotic to raise certain basic questions about our national character. We must begin to ask, why are there 40 million poor people in a nation overflowing with such unbelievable affluence? Why has our nation placed itself in the position of being God's military agent on earth? Why have we substituted the arrogant undertaking of policing the whole world for the high task of putting our own house in order? This written um, in this book, uh, Where Do We Go From Here? Chaos or Community? These words were written in 1966. They still apply today. Amen. Especially that first sentence. We must not consider it unpatriotic to raise certain basic questions about our national character. 
hearing King's words, uh, we may find uh, we may well find ourselves questioning whether there has been any progress at all. Uh, now, one of the things that I love, uh, one of the things I admire most about Martin Luther King and his ministry, uh, was his unrelenting sense of hope, a hope for a better tomorrow. Even when it often seemed on many days, I'm sure, um, to be heading in the wrong direction. After, a, after a, the long march of, from Selma to Birmingham, an issue centered on uh, voting rights in the segregated South, okay, King spoke of the, of the struggles to bring a, a new sense of humanity to our society, a new sense of humanity to our society. Um, he said the following in a speech following that march. I know you're asking today, how long will it take? I come to say to you this afternoon, however difficult the moment, however frustrating the hour, it will not be long because truth pressed to earth will rise again. How long? Not long because no lie can live forever. How long? Not long because you still reap what you sow. How long? Not long because the arc of the moral universe is long and it bends towards justice. How long? Not long because mine eyes have seen the glory of the coming of the Lord. So this is, in his speech, a call to simply hang in there. The road is long and difficult, but worth it. God can be trusted to stand with us in times of struggle and pain, whatever that struggle and pain may be. On the night before his death, speaking to a large crowd assembled in Memphis, uh, King's faith in the loving presence of God, his faith in the loving presence of God shines through in, in what he says here. It says, this nation, the nation is sick. Trouble is in the land. But I know, somehow, that only when it's dark enough can you see the stars. And I see God working in this period of the 20th century in a way that men and women, in some strange way, are responding. The masses of the people are rising up, and wherever they are, wherever they are assembled today, the cry is always the same, we want to be free. So we have these snippets, these parts of his speech. When I consider the psalm that we were given today by the lectionary, Psalm 139, uh, I'm reminded of King's faith. A faith where he is convinced that, that there does not exist a place where he can go in life and be separated from our creator, the one who holds us in his, in his loving arms. The psalmist writes, where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? Do you sense the strong conviction that Martin Luther King had uh, that nothing in life or death can separate us from the incredible ever-flowing love of God? If I go to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. It continues. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there, your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me and the light become night around me, even the darkness will not be dark to you, and the night will shine like the day, for darkness is as light to you. When I read this, I read of a great confidence that the, that the psalmist has. 
And I hear the great confidence of Martin Luther King Jr. that God is worthy of our trust. God is with us even in the midst of our troubled times and at the heart of the universe, there is a bent towards justice. The very God who has searched us, who knows us, is the same God who is at work in the world today, who constantly invites us, who constantly encourages us to embrace the way of peace, to embrace the way of self-giving love, and to embrace uh, the way of righteousness. Now, as we take a, a little bit deeper look at the Psalm 139, um, uh, we see that it speaks of God's uh, omniscience, God, the fact that God knows everything, all-knowing, verses one through six specifically. Uh, and then we look at uh, God's uh, omnipresence, that God is present indeed everywhere, verses seven through 12. And then um, finally, in verses 13 and 17, we have uh, God, God's uh, uh, omnipotence. I can say that very well. But God as creator can do anything so that God is all-powerful. He's all-knowing, all, always present, and also all-powerful. So this psalm uh, brings, uh, brings us an exploration of the intimate relationship between this all-encompassing God, okay, this all-encompassing God and the very human soul, okay? Uh, so I just want to pause and just reflect on that for a minute. Just take a time out here. So as we engage this psalm, uh, does what I've just talked about, that God is omni-everything, he's omni-all-knowing, uh, uh, all, always present and powerful, does this, does this bring comfort to you? Or perhaps maybe it brings a sense of fear, discomfort, maybe even anxiousness. Hearing that God has searched you and he knows you, uh, he knows when you sit and when you rise, perceive your perceives your thoughts from afar, discerns you're going and you're lying down. God is familiar with all your ways. Before um, a word is on your tongue, the Lord already knows it. To be honest, I mean, some days this is comforting, but I, other days, most days, this is, this is a very haunting reality. I mean, can I get an amen? Amen. When we read uh, verses one through six, it, it can in fact be daunting, hard, difficult to accept, especially if we don't have the gift of verses 13 and 14. So that's verses one through six, right? Okay. Um, but we were given verses 13 and 14 a bit later in the psalm. And uh, here's, here's what this says. It says, For you created me in my inmost being. You knit me together in my, in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully, wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. Yeah. And it ends with this important phrase. I know that full well. I know that full well. So the question is then, is do you know that full well? Do you accept this consolation from the Lord? Uh, or might you have other competing thoughts, other competing desolations, or perhaps um, learning it from family, various relationships, maybe even religious circles, churches, um, maybe you've learned a competing thought, and that's that at your core you are broken, okay? That there's something deeply wrong with you. That you are less than, that you are deficient in so many ways. That you are not enough. 
These are competing thoughts, ideas, truths. I'd say not true, but you know, things that we have believed. Uh, they get in the way of what we read in verses 13 and 14, that God has created us in our inmost being, uh, knit us together. We are fearfully and wonderfully made. We were created in God's image. So if you have those competing thoughts, um, it may hinder our desire to go there with this Psalm 139. It can hinder our ability, our ability to be vulnerable and to be open to God because we carry shame in our pockets. However, if we do latch on, accept, and live into the verses of 13 and 14, um, and when we consider verses 1 through 6, search me, O Lord, and know me, then these verses have become uh, um, verses of encouragement, uh, verses of embrace, verses of comfort. And, and I would pray uh, that along with the psalmist that you would know that you were created in God's image, um, fearfully and wonderfully made, and that you would know that full well. So this uh, Psalm 139 is such an intimate prayer. Um, this ancient prayer is often used across many de de denominations as an uh, invocation uh, at the communion table. Okay, search me and know me. Uh, this prayer hopefully brings a centeredness, okay, while, while, while it uses a, um, uh, used as a means of personal orientation, especially when we experience seasons of disorientation, whether that be external or internal. Perhaps you sense this in your life even now. So uh, there's a strong desire that I pick up from the psalmist, um, and the, 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 the psalmist's desire is to is simply just to, to, to walk the path of unbroken communion with his or her creator. To walk an unbroken um, to walk the path of unbroken communion with his or her creator. And I believe that this is the same path that we are invited to walk today as well. I thought it would be appropriate, um, like last week, to end with a prayer, this one from Christine Longhurst from the Mennonite Brethren Church. Uh, the prayer borrows ideas and themes from Psalm 139. And I'd like to read it slowly while holding some sacred pauses throughout. So let us pray together. All-knowing God, we gather together with praise and thanksgiving for, for who you are and for all you have done with us and for us. You know us better than ourselves then we know ourselves, all your thoughts and actions, and yet you love us. No matter where we go or what we do, your love encircles us ahead and behind, gently leading and guiding and blessing. We praise you for your love and your faithful presence in our lives.
May your spirit move in our hearts and our minds as we live and move and have our being. Examine our, our attitudes and actions. Lay bare the things we need to confess. Challenge us with your word. And guide us onto paths that lead to life. For we are your people, called by your name. Amen.